This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. I was uh, giving the boys their monthly bath this morning and... uh, Landry, he's four, he's a little prone to being emotional randomly (laughs) at times for no reason. And so I started singing in the shower, uh, singing Be Happy. It didn't work for him, (laughs) but it lifted my spirits this morning. I was glad to hear that song. It's funny because this morning after singing, I was like, I wish wish I'd hear that song this morning. It's kind of crazy. So thanks for leading that. We, uh, we've looked at uh, types in the past, and uh, I love how at our point in history, how faith-building they are. <clears throat> Being this far in the future from where those events happened, and we have the Word at our disposal, and we can read about the prophecy that took place in the Old Testament or um, things that happened in the Old Testament. And then we can see how they took place. You know, we're past all that and we can look back and see the whole thing. And it's just amazing to me how faith building um, these types are. And when we're talking about types... um, in case you've never seen that word in studies, uh, a type is um, referred to as a prophetic symbol or something that happened in the Old Testament uh, that foreshadows something that is in the New Testament. So if you're in the Old Testament times, it's a prophecy. And you don't get to see, you know, you didn't get to see it, it take place. But here at our point in history, that's why I love type so much. We can see the whole thing from start to finish and marvel at God's plan and his wisdom and the way he foreshadowed things in the Old Testament. And most types in the Old Testament foreshadow Jesus, you know, and there's a ton of types in the scriptures. For example, it's easy to see. You know, Jonah is used a lot as a type, uh, as foreshadowing Jesus in the New Testament. How he was in the fish's belly for three days and nights in the depths of the sea. And and then you have Jesus, you know, uh, in death for three days and three nights. But he emerged, resurrected. from death after three days. And Brother Dane recently showed us the type of um, Jacob's ladder, how that was a type of Jesus as the go-between, between um, heaven and earth. And there's a bunch of other ones. I mean, there's so many cool ones out there. But one that I think is amazing to me is the Paschal Lamb, what's referred to as the Paschal Lamb, Paschal meaning Passover, 
the Passover lamb is it's just amazing. And I've been fascinated with types for a while, and the most amazing one to me is this one, um, how Christ is typified, type, by the Passover lamb. And the word paschal just means Passover. Um, and I think that understanding the paschal lamb and how it re- represents Jesus, I think, gives us a richer understanding of, of both. And so I wanted to spend a few minutes this morning looking at this. <clears throat> and to start off with, we go back to Exodus. You know, in the very first chapter, we can read about how the Israelites were enslaved by the Egyptians for some 430 years. It's hard to even imagine that, knowing that your grandparents and their grandparents and you know, back for 430 years, we were all slaves. And it's it, at that point in history, you know, it was just who you were. You expected that your kids were going to be slaves to the Egyptians. Um, but in Exodus, we see that Moses was instructed by God to lead his people out of Egypt, out of slavery. And then God hardened Pharaoh's heart to the point that uh, plague after plague, and he still would not let God's people go until time came for the tenth and worst plague. <clears throat> Exodus 11, verse 10, Moses and Aaron, they performed these miracles in Pharaoh's presence, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he wouldn't let the Israelites leave the country. I think that was NLT version there. But this brings us to the first Passover and the Passover lamb that's found in Exodus chapter 12. And normally, um, I would not want to read a whole chapter, but I think it's important for us to fully understand how this paschal lamb typifies Jesus. So, We're going to read Exodus chapter 12. I've got the verses up here um, so you can follow along. Exodus 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household is too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man, according to his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh, and that night roast it with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden it all with water, but roast it with fire, 
his head with his legs and with the pertinence thereof, and ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus ye shall eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Even the first day ye shall put away leaven out of your houses. For whosoever eateth leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. And in the first day there shall be a holy convocation. And in the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation to you. No manner of work shall be done in them, save that which every man must eat. That only may be done of you. And ye shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For in this selfsame day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore shall ye observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month at even, ye shall eat unleavened bread until the one and twentieth day of the month at even. Seven days shall there be no leaven found in your houses. For whosoever eateth that which is leavened, even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether it be a stranger or born in the land. You shall eat nothing leavened, and all your habitations shall ye eat unleavened bread. And then Moses called for all the elders of Israel, and he said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families, and kill the Passover. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, and dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door, and he will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. And you shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord will give you according as he hath promised that ye shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass when your children say unto you, what, what mean ye by this service? That ye shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses and the people bowed the head and worshiped. And the children of Israel went away, and they did as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron, so did they. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne, unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go. Serve the Lord, as ye have said, and also take your flocks and your herds, as ye have said, and be gone, and bless me also. And the Egyptians were urgent upon the people 
that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, We be all dead men. And the people took their dough before it was leavened, their kneading troughs being bound up in their clothes upon their shoulders. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent unto them such things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians. And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Succoth about 600,000 people on foot that were men besides children. And a mixed multitude went up also with them, and flocks and herds, even very much cattle, and they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they brought forth out of Egypt, for it was not leavened, because they were thrust out of Egypt. And they could not tarry, neither had they prepared for themselves any uh, victual, victual. Now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, even the selfsame day, it came to pass that all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It is a night to be much observed unto the Lord for bringing them out from the land of Egypt. This is the night of the Lord to be observed for all the children of Israel and their generations. And the Lord said unto Moses and Aaron, This is the ordinance of the Passover. There shall no stranger eat thereof, but every man's servant that is bought for money, when thou hast circumcised him, then shall he eat thereof. A foreigner and a hired servant shall not eat thereof. And in one house shall it be eaten. Thou shalt not carry forth aught of the flesh abroad out of the house, neither shall you break a bone thereof. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. And when a stranger shall sojourn with thee, and will keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised, and then let him come near and keep it, and he shall be as one that is born in the land, for no uncircumcised person shall eat thereof. <clears throat> Sorry, that was a long reading. But it's important, I think, for us to understand how the Passover lamb is a type of Christ. <clears throat> and at first glance, you know, from an uh, ignorant, uh, short-sighted human perspective, um, it all seems kind of strange, <laughs> doesn't it? I mean, couldn't, have, couldn't God have just made the destroyer, you know, pass over his people's houses without... Doing all that, I mean, he could, you know, and from my perspective, it seems a lot easier. But of course, God in his wisdom and power and foresight, he saw fit to establish our faith throughout the ages to show us his power and his wisdom to give even more perfect meaning to the sacrifice that God was looking at in the future, that being His Son. <clears throat> we see that here in Exodus, uh, a victim was appointed, a sacrifice, and it was a lamb. <clears throat> and not just any lamb, but as we read, it was to be a perfect Lamb, without spot, without blemish, the best, the best from the flock and the fold. It had to be the most perfect of its species 
Sounds like Jesus. <laughs> Sounds like Jesus, right? The innocence, the, the meekness, and the excellence of his Son, the Son of God, who was himself without weakness, without blemish, was perfect in every way. And he too was offered, you know, in the prime of his life, a lamb, a, a year old, you know, not, um, not an old, not that there's anything wrong with being old, but prime, you know, a prime specimen of, of full age. And right in the midst of his, his manhood, he offered himself to God. <clears throat> Isaiah 53 and verse 7 says, He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. First Peter, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, <clears throat> Verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And then Hebrews, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but he was in all points tempted like as we are, and yet without blemish, without sin. And then Revelations 5, we can see there that in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain. We see in Exodus that this lamb, this paschal lamb, had to be separated from the flock. <clears throat> and, and, you know, during this time, if you're in the middle of, of Moses and Aaron telling you, okay, here's what you got to do, okay? Find a lamb. It's perfect. Without blemish, without spot. You know, all these things, you're kind of probably wondering, why? You know, why? Why did God make these rules? But today, we can see perfectly why. Jesus, too, was, was foreordained and set apart from the flock by the Father for our redemption. And, and the prophets, you know, they all bore uh, witness to what was coming, to what was going to happen. And they predicted His, his coming. <clears throat> Ephesians says, God has now revealed to us His mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill His own good plan. And this is the plan. At, at the right time, He will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. And after the separation of this paschal lamb, they were to keep it separate for four days. <clears throat> keep it alive for four days. And it's, it's interesting to me that, that Jesus appeared about 4,000 years after the first promise. And then um, 
from the time that he was publicly consecrated for his work at Jordan, it was about four years later that he laid down his life as a sacrifice for us, as a sin offering. And we see in Exodus that the lamb was to be presented to God on the 14th day of the first month, which equates to us uh, sometime in March or April in our calendar um, at the full of the moon. Any ideas as to when Jesus was um, as our Passover lamb was crucified? I mean, it's just mind-blowing to me um, during the time of Passover. I mean, as our Passover lamb and during the time of Jesus' crucifixion, the priests were likely sacrificing as they had done through the years the Passover lamb at the same time. It's not coincidental but rather God's perfect plan. And we can see His timing is perfect. I mean, we just read how they were in bondage for 430 years to the day. I mean, to the day. And the power of God to be able to do these things and to be able for us to look back and see it is just, I love it. It's faith building. It speaks to the power of God, we see in Matthew 27, um, it's like heaven and earth colliding. I mean, the power. Matthew 27:50. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, and he yielded up the ghost, and behold, the power. The veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. The earth did quake and the rocks rent and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and they came out of the graves after his resurrection. They went into the holy city and they appeared unto many. And when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things which were done, they feared greatly saying, truly this was the the son of God. He was our paschal lamb, our Passover lamb, to a T. We see in Exodus that the, the, this Passover lamb was to be slain. By the priest, publicly. And in the evening of the day. I mean, those directions weren't given just haphazardly. Jesus was put to death in the same way. He, as the priest, offered up himself and publicly before the thousands of inhabitants of Jerusalem in the evening of the day. We see in Exodus that the paschal lamb was to be roasted with fire. And I'm sure that the the spiritual agony, the mental anguish that our Lord suffered in the hours before crucifixion and on the cross were, were torturous. Um, I could see how a fire would represent that. And 
Not a bone of the paschal lamb in Exodus was to be broken. Not a single bone. That would be an odd instruction to me during this time. Why can't we break, you know, be easier to eat? Break a bone, cooking it, I don't know. God said don't break a bone of that paschal lamb. And we see the same exact thing with Jesus. John Um, this references Exodus where he's talking about the, the lamb. But in John, we see the Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath was a high day. It was Passover. They besought Pilate that, that their legs might be broken so that they could be taken away. And then the soldiers... They came to Jesus to break his legs. They break the legs of the first and of the other which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus, they saw he was dead already. And so they didn't break his legs. Not a bone was broken. One of the soldiers with a spear, he pierced his side and, and forthwith came out blood and water and he that saw it bear record and his record is true and he knoweth that he saith true that ye might believe <clears throat> the flesh of the Passover lamb was to be eaten <clears throat> and not just most of it but all of it <clears throat> so too Jesus must be received holy and undivided fully John 6, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat of the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink His blood, ye have no life in you. <clears throat> Whoso eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood, hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood, dwelleth in me, and I in him. Perfect. Passover lamb. <clears throat> the flesh of the paschal lamb we read in Exodus was only to be eaten by the seed of Abraham, the, the circumcised. And so too, Jesus, <clears throat> he is and he can only be received by faith. Unless we believe in him, we will not be under the covering of his sacrifice and his death. And and I one of the one of the rules that if I was in these Israelites place I would really wonder about, because I don't usually eat standing up. <laughs> that was an instruction, you know. They were given. They said the flesh of this paschal lamb is to be eaten standing with your loins girded. To denote the readiness of the Israelites to leave Egypt. To be ready. To be ready to go. Ready to start to, their pilgrimage towards that land of promise. The land of honey and milk. And for those of us who are ready to follow Christ... <clears throat> Should we spend our lives sitting around? 
or ready to go. Standing up, ready to go, ready to forsake this world, take up our cross and follow him to our land of promise. To the Israelites, this command was probably interesting. But to us today, I mean, it's amazing to see the foreshadowing, the wisdom of God. The paschal lamb was instructed to be eaten with bitter herbs. And bitter herbs to the Israelites, uh, it was a reminder of the, the suffering that they went to as they were in bondage and slavery, as they endured generation after generation of, uh, of what the last 430 years looked like. <clears throat> and for us, repentance and believing, uh, they're inseparable. Faith in Jesus uh, goes hand in hand with having godly sorrow for sin. John 19 and 37, it sounds like um, sounds like spiritual bitter herbs. He says, they shall look on him who they pierced. I'm getting behind here probably with my slides, but um, the paschal lamb we see in Exodus was to be eaten with unleavened bread. First Corinthians, again, foreshadowing. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. We see that the uh, blood of this first Passover lamb was to be applied to the doorposts of the Israelites' houses so that the destroyer would pass over, pass over them and not harm them and keep them safe. Hebrews 10, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. 1 John, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. That's safety. After the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt, uh, they were instructed to commemorate this amazing instance in history. Um, The delivering hand of the Lord through an annual celebration, an annual remembrance. So come to pass when your children say to you, what, and we, don't we see this a lot with our kids? You know, I think you had mentioned it, Ava, starting to ask some, some good questions, you know, getting older. A lot of our kids do the same things. What's the meaning of this? Why do we do this? You know, and he's telling them up front, your children are going to ask you, what, what does this all mean? And then he gives them the answer. He says, you shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, 
who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. And the people bowed the head and worshipped. And so we, in receiving the symbols of the body and the blood of Jesus, are to partake in them with celebration of the great salvation that Jesus has, has given to us all who believe and obey Him. In doing this, we follow His commands and we show our love to Him and we show our um, gratitude to Him until He comes again. Matthew uh, 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and He blessed it and He broke it and gave it to His disciples and says, Take, eat, this is my body. And He took the cup and He gave thanks and He gave it to them saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I won't drink henceforth of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Jesus was the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice. And I mean, the whole Old Testament points to him. And I love in, uh, in John <clears throat> chapter 1. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God. He knew. He knew who Jesus was. And he said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. He's here. And then a few verses later again, and the next day after John stood and two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. What a perfect type, you know, of, of foreshadowing of, of things to come and all glory to God for every bit of detail. I haven't even touched on all of the correlations, you know, between the old Passover lamb and our perfect Passover lamb. There's, I could, I mean, we could spend a lot more time um, but I love how the Israelites who applied the blood of the Passover lamb were spared from death. You know? Exodus 12. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And then we have the blood of Jesus, the greater and more perfect Passover lamb who spares us from a spiritual and eternal death. <clears throat> Much more important than just a physical death. Ephesians, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, in whom... We have redemption in Colossians through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins in Romans. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And just a last, uh, last connection here um, I want to make <clears throat> is... I love how God's promises to the Israelites back then 
were the same as the promises Jesus has for us. Exodus 6. We're looking for action verbs, you know. Here's what I'm going to do. Exodus 6. Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rid you out of their bondage. I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people. And I will be to you a God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. If you replace Egyptians with sin, you can see the, the correlation there. I mean, that is, he is our perfect Passover lamb. I've gone on long enough. I hope that this uh, was beneficial to us. I know it was to me. I just love the types, you know, and and the faith. It just increases my faith when I look at the types in the Old Testament and uh, how, I guess, I just marvel at, at God's reasons for instituting these laws that back then probably seemed strange to do, but how perfectly foreshadowing they are of Jesus. And to me, how can you have any doubt of anything after seeing all of these types and how they came true to a T? He fulfilled the law 100% in a way that only God could have done. I appreciate your time this morning. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.